Welcome to Modern Ancestral Mamas, a podcast for mamas created by mamas. We discuss ancestral food, cooking, feeding our families, and holistic living with the everyday modern mom. We are Corey and Christine, two mamas on a mission to nourish our families holistically while keeping it real in today's crazy world. Follow us on this adventure and enjoy the stories and information we share. Welcome back, everyone. This is episode number five. And we, in this episode, we want to talk all about sourcing nutrient-dense food. We're going to discuss where to find it, how you can find it, questions to ask your farmer, and so much more. We're going to start each episode, like we usually do, with a little bit of information from your hosts related to the topic of the show. So today we'll be discussing how to source nutrient-dense food. So let's each take a moment to share. Um, Christine, what is your favorite uh, place to source nutrient-dense food? So I'm going to assume that the question is, where's my favorite, or yeah, my favorite farm. Yep. And my favorite farm here in Texas. Okay, I'm I'm going to give a shout out to a few. The first one would be my raw milk farmer, and he is all Swiss dairy, Mike Moyers from All Swiss Dairy. And his family has been dairy farmers for, um, I think he said like 70 years or something, a really, really long time. And I absolutely love their raw milk. And then for... Uh, meat and eggs and everything. I really love Reboth Farm. They're, they have been around for a while as well, and they're just a really down-to-earth family with six kids that's trying really hard to raise their animals using regenerative agriculture. And yeah, they are my, they're, these, those are my two favorite farms. That's awesome. I'm going to also give a quick shout out to a local farm up here in Frederick. Um, Actually, they're in um, uh, Thurmont, Maryland, and uh, the farm is called Catoctin Mountain Farm, and they are a, um, I think they're called calling themselves Beyond Organic Pig Farming. So they have, I mean, I've been up to their farms a few times, and it's a family-run farm um, by Allison and Nick Meredith, and um, they have two little boys that run around, and they've got all these... Um, hogs out in the woods, climbing all over the mountain. It's really cool. And they're, they've also started, um, uh, farming, um, fish. So I haven't had any of the fish. We haven't bought any of the fish than them, but they have started, um, like hydroponic fish farming, which sound, I saw like their whole setup. It was super cool. What type of fish? I can't remember. I'd have to ask Allison. Um, but Allison has, um, if you go follow, I think it's Catoctin Mountain Farm on Instagram. She posts really cool um, photos of their farm, of their pigs. They also have sheep, um, so they, they do lamb as well. And um, like, you know, goats and chickens, but they don't sell those things. Um, and they, she posts these, these really sweet videos of her boys baking sourdough with her. And she's a, she's a, um, West Nate Price Mama. So it's really fun to to connect with them and get 
food from them. We had, we bought an entire hog from them a couple months ago. That's amazing. Did you get the head? I did, and it is on the menu for next week. <laughs> Corey, that's amazing. I just made head cheese this past weekend. I'm, no, I'm not going to make head cheese. I actually was talking to Janine at oh, the perfect. at the um, conference in, in November, and she said that her favorite way to use a head is with pizzoli, so the soup. It's like oh. corn corn-based pig head soup. Oh, I should have talked to Janine then. That sounds delicious. <laughs> Although the head cheese was delicious, but oh, good. Okay, we're this is. I'm getting sidetracked. I yep. just have to share this story really fast. But I didn't get an actual head. It was very sad. I got just the carcass, so there was no skin, no ears, no eyes. It was just the pig. Oh, car- just like bones? the head carcass. Yeah. So I mean, I made it work as best I could. Um, I ended up having to use gelatin in the broth to make it gel so that the head cheese would stay together. Right. And I think if a chef were to look at it, they would probably say, Christine, you didn't make head cheese. You made a terrine. But I'm not 100% sure what the difference is between the two. I need to brush up on my culinary techniques. (laughs) I'll have to report back about this, Pizzoli, because the head that we got is also doesn't have the skin or the meat because we specifically asked for the meat to be made into cheek or jowl bacon. Um, oh, that's delicious. It, yeah, exactly. So anyway, uh, <laughs> we are way off track here. <laughs> Not get- really. We're talking about sourcing. Okay. You're right. You're right. Sourcing food. <laughs> you're right. Um, all right. So uh, we have some um, tips and tricks on how to find uh, nutrient-dense food. And um, the first tip that I give every single person that ever asks me is to reach out to your local Weston A. Price Foundation chapter leader. And Christine and I are both chapter leaders. She's the chapter leader for where in Dallas? Because I know there's a bunch of chapter leaders in in Dallas. Yeah, there are. So the DFW Metroplex is huge. So there are lots of different chapter leaders. I'm technically Dallas proper and the north suburbs. Um, okay. Yeah. There's, so yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm the chapter leader um, for Frederick, Maryland. And not not city proper. I'm I cover the entire county, um, and I actually just had a co chapter leader come on to help me, uh, mostly to manage the Facebook group because I am trying to stay off Facebook as much as possible these days. So, um, if you go on the website, if if you're looking for a chapter leader, you go onto the Weston A. Price website, which is westonaprice.org. Yes. Right? Yes, And um, there's a drop down menu and you click on that and then you find like um, local chapters, local chapters, get connected, local chapters, something like that. And then you can search via state and, and then, then via it'll... state. You can search via city if there happens to be a chapter in your city. Exactly. And then you just email that person or call them. I think emailing is probably easier. I get most people to reach out via email. Um and they should, the entire job of a Weston Price chapter leader is to 
maintain and distribute a list of local um, food resources. There are maybe they'll have, you know, events and stuff too, but that's not required. Yeah. And some, depending on the chapter, some will not have just food resources, but they'll also have healthcare practitioners or, um, I'm trying to think, uh, co-ops or, you know, and anything that is holistic minded related sometimes. Right. I think I have a couple restaurants on my list that are oh, restaurants. Yeah. Mostly, mostly follow. Yeah. And actually I wanted to jump in real quick and say, this episode is going to be very heavy with information and all of the links will be posted in the show notes. So you can relax and listen and then go back later and <laughs> click on all the links we're gonna, that will be shared in the show notes. But so, yeah, so the very first, uh, the first place we recommend always starting with is the West A. Price chapter leaders. From there, there is another website called Eat Wild. And Eat Wild is uh, basically what you can do is type in your zip code or search via state and it'll bring up any farms near you that sell pastured meats. Um, another one that actually I really want to talk about this one because I know the person who owns this one. Yeah, this is this is what I use to get um, my raw milk and my um, most of my meat aside from the pork ah, you and eggs and yeah. Okay. So Corey's talking about farmmatch.com and farm match is another fabulous resource to connect consumers to farmers and same concept. You type in either your zip code or your state and zip code, I believe. And then it'll show you all of the farms that are near you or a farm that will ship to you. So another option is to check out rawmilk.com. And um, there you can type in, I think you can type in your zip code and that'll pull up local uh, farms where you can source raw milk and um, uh, find local farmers that can help you get that nutrient-dense food into your family. For raw milk, it's not legal in all of the states yet, and some states have wonky laws, like they can sell it, but it has to be sold as pet food, for example. So you might... Um, it, it might be marketed as pet food, but it's still something that you can purchase and use for your right. family. <laughs> so that's what it is in Maryland. And that's what we drink. That's what we have. It's fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's only for legal purposes. Legal right. Purposes. It's not, it's not lower quality or anything. Right. Um, Okay, so the next one is the Slow Food website, which is actually a national organization, and they also have local chapters, and Slow Food focuses on exactly that, real food grown by farmers locally, uh, and this is another organization that connects consumers to farmers. So you, and similar to the Western A. Price Foundation, you can also uh, look up 
local chapters and they and they have local events and they're pretty big in the culinary scene as well. But that's another website where you can access or find information on uh, farms in your area. Okay, so our next um, idea is to find farmers markets. This might seem really obvious, but it also can be kind of tricky, right? Because a lot of the farmers that come to the farmers markets, at least where I live, are still really conventional farms. Um, Or we have some like bakeries that come to uh, our farmers markets and they're still just completely conventional bakeries. They're not doing sourdough. They may be adding a few less ingredients than you would find in a grocery store bread, but it's not going to be um, all that much healthier. It might taste better because it's probably fresher, but it's not going to be much better for you. Um, but if you can start talking to the farmers at the farmer's market, you'll, you'll generally get a good idea of what kind of practices that they have. And we'll touch on that in a little bit. Yeah, I, I love the ideas of farmer's markets. Another reason is because it puts you face to face with the person who's selling the food, hopefully. And so you get a chance to talk to them and ask questions. Like Corey said, we're, we're going to bring that up later on in the show. And just get to know the person behind selling your food and ask about ingredients and how it's made. So we really recommend farmer's markets. And then from there, uh, holistic healthcare practitioners can be another resource for where you can find nutrient-dense food. Um, Not all holistic healthcare practitioners have information on this, but some might. So depending on who you're going to go see, you can ask them, hey, do you know of any local farmers or do you know where I can get raw milk or pastured eggs? And, you know, hopefully they can uh, point you in the right direction. Um, I'm going to say this one since this is Texas, but <laughs> there is a website here. Um, there's a website called the Texas Real Food website. And again, very similar to the others, you put in your zip code and it'll bring up all of the farms that are near you. Um, this one, you, it's not just regenerative or pasture raised farms. Um, so you might need to call a few and just chat and get a sense for what the farmer's practices are, but that's another resource for you if you are in Texas. Corey, are you familiar with the cornucopia? No, I was just going to say, I don't know what that is. So you're going to have to talk about that one too. Okay. (laughs) Um, So the cornucopia website is, this one's actually really interesting. It's kind of like the EWG, the Environmental Working Group. And what they do is they rate dairy farms and they give them a rating. And they go around and they visit these dairy farms and based on their practices, Uh, what they feed their animals, how their animals are cared for, whether they use antibiotics, they rate them. And they have really big farms on there, like Horizon, not rated well. And (laughs) Organic Valley, rated much better than Horizon. Um, And they also have smaller farms. And so this is a great resource for you if you want to go down the rabbit hole of looking up your farm to see if your local farm happens to be on there. Um. So I 
really recommend the Cornucopia website. Okay. And then our next uh, idea is ButcherBox, Wellness Meats, those kinds of um, farms that ship around the country. I have not used one of these. Have you? No. Okay. We have no experience. Either. Yeah. (laughs) But I, I hear really good things about us wellness meats. In fact, I'm almost certain that they can also ship organ meats. I believe force of nature also can ship force of nature has organ meat blends. And if you are in a state that has a natural grocers, they sell force of nature. there. also whole foods. Also Um, giant. I found force of nature in giant in the freezer section. Oh my gosh. That's impressive. I know. I was really excited. I just thought of one more (laughs) farm that ships. Oh, (laughs) ballerina farms. Oh, right. Ballerina farms does ship nationwide. Also, um, I'm pretty sure that polyface Joel Salatin's farm ships. I'm not sure if it's nationwide, but it is, um, at least, at least on the East coast and a bit farther. I'm not sure if it's west of the Mississippi, but uh, also the the farm that I mentioned at the start, um, Catoctin Mountain Farm, also ships pork and I think their lamb. And I know that Allison will also ship um, sourdough starter. So if you want to do that, that. Oh yeah. my gosh! Wow. Oh, and one more is um, the family cow. I know they ship as well. They're a farm up in. Um, Pennsylvania, they can't ship raw milk, but they can ship all like pretty much all of their other things. Okay. This is awesome. There's so many resources. Um, oh, I definitely want to give a shout out to the fish collectives. So my friend in Chicago, my former co-chapter leader introduced me to the Copper River Valley Salmon fish collective. So basically what a fish collective is, is it's similar to a CSA. So a community supported agriculture where you're going to pay upfront at the beginning of the season for a bulk of their product. And then they, the fishermen will fish all summer long and you'll receive it at the end of the summer, your shipment of however much you purchased. And in this case, this is both of these Resources are for salmon. So Copper River Valley Salmon Fish Collective and then Sitka Salmon. And they start their season in May. So it's coming up. Save save up if you want to buy a large bulk portion of salmon. And um, you can buy in 10, 20, and 30-pound shares. I think you can even go up to 50 pounds. And I did this in Chicago when I lived there. Um and one of the local farmers in Chicago was a drop site. And so she delivered all of our bulk salmon. And then when I moved to Texas, I missed that opportunity and said, I'm going to become a drop site. And I turned my mom <laughs> and her house into a drop site. And so we received salmon last year and we received salmon. So in 2020, we received salmon and in 2021. And I think that we're going to do it again this year. Do you also get eggs and things from them, like salmon eggs? You can, yes. You have to special order it, um, so that's not on their website. And you can also get salmon heads as well. So you can get fish heads and you can get eggs. Um, And I cannot recommend them enough. It's 
some of it is like the highest quality salmon that you can find. Um, but yeah. All right. Okay. So now we're going to transition over to how do you talk to farmers about their products and their farming practices and um, what questions you can ask them. And I'm going to pass this over to Christine. Okay. So the number one question you can always start with is, can I visit your farm? Yes. (laughs) If they are super excited for you to come and visit their farm (laughs) and they seem open to that idea, then I would say that that's a pretty good farm. Um, I, I shouldn't say that. Some farmers really their, their farm is like their safe haven and they just don't want visitors. But for the most part, um, most farmers will want you to come and visit and they are right because they're proud of what they're doing. And it's so different from conventional farming that they want people to, to see that. Yeah, that's exactly. That's such a good point. Um, so from there, after you kind of start with that question, I always recommend Uh, creating, developing a relationship with the farmer as much as you can and really being interested in what they're doing. So you can, if if it's a meat farmer, you can ask questions like, well, are your animals raised entirely on pasture? Or you can just be more open-ended and say, well, tell me a little bit more about how your animals are raised. Like, how do you care for your animals? Um, And depending on the animal, you want it to be raised entirely on pasture. Um, if they are eating only grass, you ideally the grass is not fertilized or sprayed with any herbicides or pesticides or chemicals. Um, you can ask if the if the animals are finished with any grain, and if they are finished with the grain, then what type of grain are they feeding them? Is it conventional? Is it organic? Does it have any corn or soy in it, or is it GMO? Um, Get to know your farmer and find out how they, what they are feeding their their animals and how they're caring for them. Do they, um, do they give them any antibiotics or is there any medicines used or anything like that? Um, also, you can find out. You can ask if they move their cattle from field to field, or their whatever you know, chickens, pigs. Are they are they grazing them rotationally? Um, are they a regenerative agriculture farm? Um, those kinds of questions. And we want to make a note that, so cows, sheep, and goats are herbivores and they should only be eating pasture. So if you hear of these animals eating something other than that, then that can kind of be a red flag. There's a little bit of nuance when it comes to dairy cows. Um, I don't know if you know, Corey, I've been, I've been learning a little bit more about dairy cows through Sloan, but basically it depends on the breed of the dairy cow and if they've been raised on grain, but some dairy cows have to eat grain apparently. Right. Yeah. I did know that. Um, and I think it also depends on where you live, right? Right. Of course. So like if you're in Canada, <laughs> where the snow is up to your windows um, for a majority of the year, there's going to be. But I think does feeding them like alfalfa and stuff, does that count as grass or does that count as grain? 
I believe that counts as grass. Okay. Because I there's some, so. yeah, there's you can e- still get like dried grass exactly. to feed them, right? Yeah, I think dried hay, alfalfa. We are not farmers. <laughs> 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 Please take our information, and at least when it comes to animals, with a grain of salt, especially if there's any farmers out there laughing at us right now. Yeah, you're, everybody's laughing at us. Um, All the farmers. <laughs> totally. It's okay. I'm hoping to get more um, knowledgeable on that, but I'm of not course. there yet. Same, same. <laughs> um, oh, so on that note, chickens and pigs are oh, omnivores. Yeah. Oh, this, my gosh. Say it louder. <laughs> me nuts. Anytime I see a vegetarian-fed egg carton at the grocery store, I want to throw it out the window. <sighs> yeah. Chickens are not vegetarians. <laughs> yeah. They love meat, guys. Um, anyway, so their diets, both both chickens and pigs consist of plants and grasses as well as meat, insects, rodents, organ meats, organ meat snakes, scraps, lizards. Yes, like same with ducks, same with like oh, all poultry. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's common for poultry and pigs to be supplemented with grains. Um, yeah, especially soy, which is a no-go, guys. Yeah. Yeah. And it's difficult one. It's really difficult to find um, animals, chickens particularly, that have not been supplemented with soy. Even local ones, a lot of times, are still going to be supplemented with soy. So, you know, if it's if that's what you can do, it's not the end of the world. But Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. We want to pause for a moment to talk about one of our favorite podcasts. The Wise Traditions podcast is about food, farming, and the healing arts. Basically, it's about how to cultivate health through ancestral wisdom backed by modern science. We've learned so much from this podcast and the foundation that puts it out. As modern ancestral mamas, we don't always have time to read in-depth scientific studies, but we do have 30 minutes while we're washing dishes or sitting in the school car line. The topics the show covers are broad. Everything from what to eat when you're expecting, to how sunlight nourishes the body, to how to keep children grounded in these turbulent times. Give a listen wherever you get your podcasts and or download the Wise Traditions podcast app from your app store. And then if moving on to the questions for produce farmers, you could ask things like, do they use any sprays, pesticides, herbicides, any chemicals on their crops? What pest control measures do they use? Um, what are, do they, are they rotating crops? Um, ask them about the health of their soil. What do they use for their soil? Because the health of the soil determines the nutrient quality of your food. Um, and you can ask them if they have a CSA program. Um, yeah, so there's lots of questions to ask farmers and ways to get to know them and their practices a little bit further. Let's touch on a CSA really quick while we're in that arena. A CSA is community supported agriculture. And the idea is the same with what uh, Christine said about the salmon. You buy in at the beginning of the year. So you buy in before you've gotten anything, um, a lump sum, you know, of money. And then as they are harvesting, you get a share of whatever they've harvested. So if you buy, you know, five pints of whatever it is, then you go to the little stand or, or they give it, you know, they drop it at your house or whatever. 
um, and you pick up your five pints. So we did a um, fruit uh, CSA last summer and it was fantastic. And I would just go to the farmer's market, pick up our, it was like, I think it was five pints of peaches, plums, plouts, apples, pears. It was awesome. It was so good. Wait, what is a plout? A plout is like a, it's a sort of like a plum, but it's bigger and it's sweeter. So it doesn't have as much of that tart bite to it, you know, but it, it's, and it, I think it's a, a hybrid. I think it might be like, I don't know. I'm going to say it and I'm going to be completely wrong and people are going to laugh at me again. Um, <laughs> but I I think it, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Look it up. Look it up. Go do okay. some research. <laughs> Got it. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Clouds are way. yummy though. Uh, okay. Anyway, so, um, all right, moving on. Let's say you um, live in a food desert and your option is, you know, your your food store shopping option is has nothing to do with local farms, has nothing to do with health food stores, has nothing to do with um, uh, farmers markets. What do you do? Yeah, that's such a great question. So, in that scenario, the best way to source nutrient dense food is from would be just your local grocery store. And we recommend shopping the perimeter. So generally, the perimeter of the grocery store is where you will find the produce, the meat counter, the dairy products, and all of the packaged foods are in the center of the grocery store. So just shop around the edges, uh, get it, it, even if you're buying conventional meats. So this is going to be a little bit of a um, controversial topic, I guess. But if you, we, I really recommend reading the book Sacred Cow or watching the documentary. But when it comes to nutrient dense food, if you have no access to grass fed meats, it is still more important and better for you to eat conventional meat than packaged foods or no meat at all. I feel like we should have like the applause in the background for that one. I know it's, it's just, we are, for some reason, the media and I don't know, conventional medicine seems to think that we are eating too much protein in today's world. And we're actually in, in the U S and we're actually not, um, we are not eating enough protein and protein is the most satiating macronutrient. So it's going to be what keeps you full the most for long, for the longest. And it's going to be what helps your body rebuild tissue, rebuild muscle. It helps kids grow. We need protein. So it's okay, guys, if you are getting conventional meat from Walmart or Target or Costco or wherever your local grocery store is, that's okay. You are doing the best that you can and you're still feeding your kids and your families more nutrient-dense food by offering them protein and Um, so meat and eggs and fish, then granolas or cereals or anything else from the center of the grocery store. Right. (laughs) Okay. I'm off my soapbox now. (laughs) Um, Also, if you don't have access to raw milk, don't stress about it. 
Um, I'm pretty sure Diana Rogers is the one that says, uh, buy the best that you can afford and then don't sweat it. Um, so if you don't have access to raw milk, you can add nutrients that have been removed from raw milk in the pasteurizing, homogenizing, um, uh, processes and add it. You can add it back in by culturing your dairy. So if you buy whole milk dairy and turn it into milk kefir or yogurt, um, that is going to add in some of those lost nutrients, add back in some of those lost nutrients. Wow. You learn something new every day. I did not know that. <laughs> that is fascinating. But it makes sense. You can make raw milk kefir out, or you can make milk kefir out of conventional, like store-bought milk. It works really yep. well. Yeah. it's And it's super easy. Yeah. And, oh, okay. If you do not have access to kefir grains, which that's something else that you can ask a chapter leader, a Weston A. Price chapter leader. But yeah, like can, if in your at Frederick, please come and take some from me because I have way too many. If you are in Dallas, please come <laughs> and take some from me. Mine are also just populating like crazy. My husband jokes it's another dependent he has to feed. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, oh, this is what I was going to say. You can get kefir grains from Cultures for Health. So Cultures for Health is a website in which you can get uh, milk kefir grains, water kefir grains, kombucha starter, yogurt starter, basically anything, any starter you want. They can mail it to you, to your home, and then you can rehydrate it and use it in your home. Okay, I'm going to ask you this. Did you get your milk kefir grains from them? No, I didn't. I got okay, them I, from Go ahead. Oh, sorry. My co-chapter leader here in Dallas. Okay, so I bought milk kefir grains from Cultures for Health and I couldn't get them to grow. They made milk kefir, but they would never duplicate. Hmm. So what I ended up doing is um, buying them from a different website and I will have to put the link in the show notes because I can't remember off the top of my head. But she sends live grains, not uh, dried grains. Oh, um, okay. And they work so much better. Perfect. So we can put both of those resources in. And yes. Let the listeners decide who they go for. <laughs> um, a lot of times also local, uh, if you have like a local milk farmer, who is making kefir or yogurt, they will be happy to share. Same with sourdough starter. They'll be happy to share their, their cultures or their starters with you. Okay. Back um, to the grocery store. Back to the grocery store. So you've, your only option is to go to Walmart and you shopping the perimeter and you are, you're, I guess they don't have a butcher in Walmart. So you don't have the option to ask them for pastured beef, but you have the option to go and buy beef out of the um, freezer or the refrigerated section. The other thing about beef, um, and I don't have a scientific study for this, but I have heard this, um, that it is still more nutrient dense for you to buy beef, or sorry, not about nutrient density. It's about the um, beef is almost always started on um, grass, right? So if you're going to buy meat, then beef is probably your cleaner, clean, 
yeah, er option. Oh, over pork, over chicken. Yes. Okay. Definitely. Christine's nodding. Yeah. 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 Beef and lamb. Okay. Lamb. But lamb is expensive. Lamb is expensive. But my understanding is lamb is, even if it's conventional, it's almost always just pastured. Okay. But yeah, beef for the most part is pastured. They usually just give it grains, I think, towards the end of the life to fatten Fatten it up and stuff. Mm -hmm. But but that is a really good point. If Again, if you want to go for nutrient density, beef and lamb would be better over – conventional beef and lamb would be better choices over conventional pork and chicken. Okay, I have one more question about um, grocery store meat. Would you do you think that buying conventional um, organ meats like liver is a good idea? That's probably where I would draw the line. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, like I mean, lard and liver are probably not good things to buy conventionally. No, I yeah, uh, I I wouldn't do that, uh, just because the a lot of toxins are stored in both the liver and the uh, fat, and I shouldn't say toxins are stored in the liver, it <laughs> it filters the toxins. However, um, but it's, I uh, yeah, I still wouldn't eat conventional liver. I actually I don't even eat liver from Whole Foods. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't even have a whole field of foods, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I think um, in a situation like this, it's better to just stick with protein from the grocery store, and then if you can order organ meats from like U.S. Wellness Meats, for example, or another farm that ships, then maybe that could be an option. Yeah, and that organ meats are often too. Yeah, they're often much cheaper. All right. You so, could, yeah, you could go to a, maybe a butcher counter. If you live in a town that possibly has a butcher counter, that could be another option. Okay. Oh, great. okay. And right. So moving on past meat is the, if we're talking about vegetables, frozen veggies are a great way to save money and they are frozen vegetables are usually harvested at the peak of the season and then they're flash frozen. So it's better to buy a bag of frozen veggies than let's say a conventional vegetable that's out of season. Right. And has been shipped in from Chile or something. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. That feeds right into our, buy fruits and vegetables in season because you'll be getting more flavorful food. You'll be getting healthier food. You'll be getting food that hasn't traveled as far, most likely. Um, and you'll food be... that hasn't been... Oh, go ahead. I was just say you'd save money. Yeah. I was... Yeah. And I was going to add food that hasn't been artificially ripened. Right. Um, yeah. Ugh. I know. It, so this is... I try really, really hard to do this. Um, so I'm, for example, like for me personally, I'm not going to buy berries in the winter time. I'm not going to buy tomatoes in the winter time. This is really ironic because I bought tomatoes this week for the first time. 
since tomato season because it's a really long time to go without tomatoes and I was just <laughs> craving a Greek salad. So you, we are not perfect people and this is Modern Ancestral Mom is here and I have access to tomatoes in January, damn it. <laughs> um, anyway, but for the most part, yes, uh, try to purchase fruits and vegetables in season. Okay. Yeah, and there, there are plenty of resources for figuring out what is in season because just going to the grocery store, you're not going to be able to tell because they'll have everything. That's a very good point. But there's lots of like online, you know, resources. Just Google it. What's in season in January? Totally. Nothing. Nothing is in season in January. Not no. where I live. No. <laughs> um, okay. So I think we should touch on this um, because it's huge. <laughs> Reading ingredient labels. Christine, I feel like this is a soapbox for you. Do you want to step up? (laughs) Both of us, both of us could talk about this. This could be a whole podcast in of itself. Um, yeah, just maybe, yeah, we should probably do that actually. Good point. Okay. Read ingredient labels, guys. I, we both cannot tell you how important it is to do this. This can be one huge step that you can take to improve your family's health. And if you had to pick three ingredients to avoid, we would say vegetable oils. So uh, canola oil, soy oil, corn oil, safflower, peanut oil. I I don't even know all of them off the top of my head, but it's a long list. Um, Vegetable oils, artificial colors, so the ones that are labeled red number, uh, red red number forty, blue forty, yellow number five, yellow number six, um, are all the artificial colors, and then artificial sweeteners. Those would yeah. be my top three. What would you say, Corey? I I would agree with that. I generally try to avoid um, anything that says natural flavors. Oh right, natural flavors. Yeah. And um. I mean, I, I've gotten to the point where I where I'm also trying to avoid grains that are not properly prepared, but I feel like that's like you know a deep dive. You don't have to start there. Um, and I try and avoid MSG and soy as well. Mm-hmm. MSG is not in a lot of things, but soy is. Like soy, soy is in a lot of things, and so are the vegetable oils. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are all good ones to start with. Um, so flip the package over, skip the nutrition facts. Yeah. That's all ridiculous. Just read the ingredient labels. Yeah. And teach your kids to do that too. Like my kids will, they will be in the grocery zone and be like, Oh, can we get this? I'm like, well, what, what are the ingredient labels? And they'll go, Oh man, <sighs> there's natural flavors. I'm like, okay, well, Find one that doesn't have those. <laughs> yep. And the good thing is there are brands that are trying to create cleaner products. Yeah. Thankfully, I feel like that's actually snowballing. It's getting better and better. Yeah. 
All right, so let's jump onto another option, online um, co-ops and stores. Yeah. I know that there are more than we're going to mention. Um, there's a particular one we're not going to mention. And if you follow me on Instagram, you might know why. Um, but we have two main ones that we want to mention. And I do want to also say, though, we're not sponsored by any of these people. Oh, yeah, that's a good <laughs> These point. brands or companies. These are just ones that we um, use or know of and like. We don't necessarily use all of them, but we do at least know of them. Um, The first one on our list of um, online shops is Azure Standard. So do you use this, Christine? Do you have this in Dallas? I have signed up for it, but I have yet to actually use it. Okay. So I I use it. Yeah. Um, It's only come to the East Coast, like this is the first year. I think it's been a year that it's been here and they like piloted it to see if it would do well enough for them to stay here. And I think that they have decided that it is doing well enough for them to stick it out, which is great news because they sell things in bulk. So it's like Costco, but like good food Costco because. Oh, no way. I didn't know you can get like I bought. (laughs) I bought a 50 pound bag of organic oats <gasps> and, and I bought a five gallon bucket of organic, not no sugar added or anything, peanut butter. Like these are giant. Whoa. You're going to save a lot of money on these things because you can buy them in huge bulk. And if you don't want to buy, have that much in your house, then you can, you know, hook up with somebody else at the drop and split it with them. Uh, because the more, the bigger the bulk of things that you buy, the more you're going to save. Wow. So anyway, that's where I buy my flour. Actually, it's where I started buying my grains to mill into flour because I got a grain mill. And um, that's where I buy like condiments and um, peanut butter jellies. Um, not that we eat a lot of that, but, uh, you know, that cheese, oh, they have five pound blocks of raw cheese that you can buy. Wow. It's, I mean, it's awesome. Okay. So that's as our standard and then organic bread of heaven. I know we both love them. Yes. Well, I only heard about them through you. You're welcome. (laughs) Oh no, seriously. It's saved my life on some conventional food products that, you know, my kids see other kids eating and say, I want that. I want that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we have gotten their bagels and their, um, their sprouted tortillas, I think their sourdough sprouted tortillas or something. And then, I did get their hot dog buns and I got the sourdough hot dog buns. They were pretty dense. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, I was a little bummed by them. Um, But I noticed that they they had other sourdough or they had other hot dog buns that were not sourdough. So I'm wondering if even though they're not sourdough, maybe those wouldn't be as dense. It's still a much better option than the grocery store. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, yeah, and oh, I was gonna I was gonna say for like online co-ops, 
a lot of times there are local co-ops in your town or you can find one in your town. If you just search on Facebook, um, you could uh, search for like a holistic mom group or something and then just see if there's a co-op or you can start your own. Because mm-hmm. modern ancestral mamas have a lot of extra time on their hands. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, for anyone that's super motivated, they might want to do that, okay? Um, Okay. We want to go back a little bit and talk again about big box grocery stores and their products. So we're talking Costco, Walmart, Whole Foods, Natural Grocers, Target, Aldi, all of these big grocery stores that, let's face it, many of us shop at. And all of them actually have really good product options that we can source nutrient-dense foods from. I know that in Costco, they are starting to have a lot more um, grass-fed meats and organic produce. I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, they're, they're trying to carry a lot more organic items and more uh, clean food items. I think that seems to be a trend around most of them. I yeah. like I've seen things at Walmart at Walmart. Walmart does too, and, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I've seen, um, I think there's organic, there's organic produce at Walmart and not a ton. Right. But a but few enough. things. Yeah. Yeah. And I know target does has, um, a, a small section of organic produce and um, targets carries like Siete chips and um, uh, I don't know other things that I've gotten that I don't feel horrible about. Yeah. Um, Aldi has a, actually a really good uh, organic option and they've, they have, sometimes they'll have a, uh, raw cheeses sometimes they'll have um pretty good pretty good options and really all these prices are really really good even on organic stuff you're going to save a lot of money doing that yeah that's i need to go into an aldi i admit i have not been into one but i hear really great things about them bring your own bags that's the okay they don't they don't have bags (laughs) Yeah, neither does natural grocers, but okay. yeah. Um, so as modern ancestral moms, a lot of times, sometimes outsourcing nutrient-dense food is just what we have to do. And that's something that I've really come to embrace a little bit more in the past year since baby number three. And one of the best ways to do that is actually the Weston A. Price Foundation's shopping list. So I'll tell you what this is real quick. When you are, when you become a member, which you can do at any time, it's only 40 bucks a year. uh, Part of what comes with your membership is a shopping list. And it's this little pamphlet that's maybe like 10 or 15 pages long. And it breaks down food into categories and then further breaks them down into um, best and better and lists 
all of the brands that fall within the best or better uh, rating. And so you can open it up and look up, okay, where can I find crackers? Where can I find sourdough crackers? And it'll, you know, literally go to the cracker uh, section, look and see what the options are, and then it'll tell you the name of the company and how you can contact them. And so if you need to outsource certain food products, that's a really good um, that's a really good resource. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. even if you don't want to join, which I really suggest joining the foundation, um, cause you're going to get all sorts of other perks, but I'm pretty sure you can just buy the food guide on the website. Oh yeah, that's true. But still join. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a really good point. Um, and then local vendors, you, you never know. It might be that in your area, there happens to be someone who bakes sourdough bread or someone who ferments. In my particular case, lately, I have been outsourcing my ferments because we just have this incredible company here in Dallas that makes the most high quality ferments you can possibly imagine. And so lately, I haven't been making my sauerkraut because I can just buy it. And it's already made for me. Oh, good for you. Um, that sounds nice. <laughs> we had this awesome sauerkraut company um, that was making stuff, and then they and they were also were uh, making ginger beer. And then they decided, like two years ago, to stop making the ferments and only make their. It's a fermented ginger beer, and it's amazing. But they stopped making the sauerkraut and their kimchi and their pickles and. I was really sad, actually. <laughs> oh, I was like, come on, guys. Um, okay. Well, I feel like we covered a lot. Yeah, we did. This is kind of resource heavy. Um, Please make sure you check out the show notes because that's where you're going to get links and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Okay. So before we sign off. I have a quick, uh, I don't even know if we mentioned this, but I want to mention that Christine has a guide that is going to be um, available if you sign up for her email list. And it's about questions to ask your farmer. So uh, all those questions and in-depth about how you're going to be able to talk to your farmer about sourcing food. And then if you live in either Dallas or uh, Dallas, Texas, obviously, or in Frederick, Maryland area, reach out to either of us on Instagram, probably is the easiest. Um, and we can help you source nutrient dense food in your area or in our areas. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. I think that's all we got. That's it for this episode. Thanks guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Modern Ancestral Mamas. Check out the show notes for the resources. You can find Christine on Instagram at NourishTheLittles and online at NourishTheLittles.com. You can find Corey on Instagram at ForNutrientSake and online at ForNutrientSake.com. Follow us on Instagram at Modern Ancestral Mamas.
The information contained in this show is for informational purposes only. It should not be intended as medical advice and should not replace your relationship with your healthcare practitioner.